Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the Digest and Invest podcast brought to you by eToro. I am Sam North, the training school lead, and I'm joined by the main man, Josh Gilbert, our market analyst based out in Sydney, Australia. How are you, Josh? Good to have you on the pod as always. Yeah, I'm good, Sam. Thank you very much. Good to be here as always. And actually great to have you back with us in one piece. Yeah, yeah. I had a, a little bit of time off after a week out. It's, it's good to to be back in the hot seat. What's uh, what's the, on the, the agenda for us today? Yeah, so after releases overnight, I think Apple should get a mention, a new line of products coming through. We had inflation data yesterday. And of course, we'll give the crypto rundown as usual. Nice one. Well, Apple seems like a great place to start. My phone actually is, is due an upgrade. Uh, so I'm getting loads of promo emails. And, and of course, my phone is now randomly playing up, which it hasn't done for, for quite some time, uh, which, of course, means that a new iPhone is imminent. So what is what's the lowdown? It's always the way, isn't it? It's either the, the phone goes slow or the battery starts to die, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, lots of new products rolled out overnight. A few iPhone 13s, um, a mini model, a normal model, a pro model, a max model. So a few to get you. Yeah to get stuck into a new range of iPads and also a new watch. Um, they all look very similar, I must say, though, to the last release. But I guess, you know, it's what's inside that counts, as we've been taught as when we've grown up. But I think the 5G aspect um, probably means that they don't really feel the need to, to change a lot, right? I think, you know, that, that we're seeing an upgrade cycle to 5G, and I think that's why they're probably not really trying to change the design too much if it's not broken don't fix it i guess but um some of the new you know changes increased battery life across the range which is always you know a huge must brighter screens an upgrade to the camera i think the camera for me as a as a user is is a focal point when buying a phone you know because you know it's a focal point in all phones really now no one really carries a camera anymore that's going back to sort of like 2008 isn't it when you'd carry a carry a camera and a phone um unless obviously you're a um you know you've got a you've got a pretty big camera on you or you're a photographer but of course like i think um the big point is is the chips um we've obviously known there's been you know supply constraints across the industry but there's a new uh, a15 bionic chip claims to be about 50 percent faster than anything else on the market so we'll see obviously when that comes out I think the significant thing to mention is is obviously we're probably going to see pent up demand. I mean, obviously you mentioned there, Sam, that you're due an upgrade. I think we're estimated around about 250 million other iPhone users are in the same sort of window of that upgrade cycle. Um, you know, so we're looking at this you know sort of second stage or second wave of the sort of move to 5G, and I really think we're now starting to see that demand there. Um, you know, carriers are upgrading their services. And that's really important. We use our phones more than ever. It's key to have it running at that sort of top performance. And of course, with that sort of best internet effectively, you know, how annoying is it when you go somewhere and you can't get 4G or you can't use your phone, right? And if 5G claims to stop that, then that's obviously really important. And then sort of putting that all together, 
obviously from a share price perspective, what's it going to do? I think the new releases are always positive, but we've seen, you know, a bit of negative price action over the last week or so from Apple. You know, I think shares fell last Friday about 3%, was off about 0.9% in the session last night. But I think investors will just sort of accumulate on any short, sort of short-term weakness in the price. You know, when investors are unsure on the market, which to be honest, I would say they are right now. You know, there's so much to contend with. Me and Ben spoke about it last week on the podcast about what to contend with, but they will then move towards big names. You know, we spoke about defensive stocks last week. It's got a consistent cash flow. It's a steady name, strong profits. It's price to earnings much lower than most of the FANG names. Um, so as I say, it's that defensive end of tech. You're not like to see sort of 50 to 60% gains. It has underperformed the S&P 500 year to date and also over the last year. But as I say, yeah, defensive end of tech, and you know, if it can outperform the S and P five hundred over the next year, then it's it's obviously a you know a, a good stock to, to have in that portfolio. And I think you know those defensive end of tech will become more relevant over the next sort of six to twelve months. Yeah, interesting. Some some great stats there. There's actually a, a couple of stocks. Maybe we can do a section on the, on a future podcast about it. That if they do have a little bit of a dip, they become really really enticing for sort of a medium term hold, you know, over, over next year. So we can maybe go through that. I mean, speaking of uh, the gains or, or lack of other than will we, won't we have that sort of 5% pullback question. Another common one at the moment in markets in general is, is whether inflation is transitory or not. Yesterday's data release out of the States would, would help back the argument that it is. So what are your, your thoughts on yesterday's data? Yeah, so the the CPI um, came in at five point three percent, down from the four five point four percent that we had last month, which was actually the thirteen year high. Um, ultimately, it was a relief um, as it was hoped that this month would you know show a lower number month over month, which it was. We obviously had the weak jobs number um, from the NFP numbers at the start of the month. You know, obviously lower inflation numbers. So this means that the Fed now have you know a lot a lot of excuses to sort of delay and go go slow in, in sort of tightening that monetary policy element um but yeah i mean obviously we, we you're speaking about transitionary there the the better than feared inflation report sort of suggests that it, it is a transitionary rise in inflation allowing you know the fed to, to sort of continue a, a gradual road to obviously that tightening side of things and supporting equity markets and higher valuations but as i say that the week's job number in the us sort of also means that we are seeing then you know an increase in wages uh, you know i've seen so much about it recently in terms of wage numbers and companies having to pay more to get people in which actually can act you know when we see an increase in wages that acts as a sort of a crucial driver for inflation job vacancies in the us are at an all-time record i think i also saw that it was the same in the uk as well um but look, all s- small businesses are saying that they've never found it as this hard to sort of you know recruit workers in the us right now and when w- wages rise we usually see that then passed on to customers so then the consumers are out of pocket you know if a little cafe is having to pay you know, over a year ago, if they were paying $10 an hour, if they're now having to pay $15 an hour, you know, some either the company's going to be losing money or, you know, it's going to be pushed on to the, the consumer. But, you know, overall, I think this should work itself out over time. We should sort of see the wages sort of go back to, to normal a little bit. And ultimately, um, it seems that inflation will be transitory. Yeah, I, th- I think I agree. Uh, yeah, those those jobs vacancies in in the uk surged past one million which is incredible to to think of that uh last 
but by absolutely no means least, uh, we'll we'll go into crypto. And I think there's two things I want to hear from you. So I hope you're ready. <laughs> um, sure. But okay. uh, the first one I guess we can cover is Litecoin, which is probably one of the first sort of times we've covered that on on here. Uh, and the other other is a, a little update on on the ADA, which has had you know some some decent price action, quite volatile. So it'd be good to get your thoughts on on both of those. Yeah. So Litecoin, we'll start with that, as you say. That was one of those assets that was really big when it all sort of, you know, when crypto really sort of took off in 2017. It was, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and then Litecoin. Those were the sort of the three major players that everyone sort of knew about if you were sort of coming in. Um, and then it's sort of really gone quiet. It's, it's really not done a lot over that time. And then obviously the start of this week, we had the, a hoax press release, which said that Litecoin will be partnering with Walmart and Walmart would be accepting Litecoin payments. And then this was then retweeted from the official Twitter account of Litecoin by what the founder is now calling it a, a slightly overzealous employee. Um, the price initially spiked 25%. It's quite interesting to look at the chart and the candles. Spiked 25% and then basically just reversed that candle straight away, came back 25% once the news was denied by Walmart. They were quite quick to sort of jump on it. They, they sort of came out and, and denied that, you know, it wasn't the case. They weren't accepting it. The founder of Litecoin had come out to say, um, look, it's a shame that it sort of had happened. But in the sense, you know, businesses or outlets that want to accept, you know, Litecoin, it's, you know, they don't have to know, right? It, it can just happen. So he actually woke up, read the news and thought, oh, great. You know, Walmart are starting to accept Litecoin. I'm not under the impression of believing that he, if Walmart were starting to accept Litecoin as the founder, he wouldn't know. But you know, there we go. I, I guess anyone can make a press release, even if it's related to crypto or stocks, right? But I think the issue came from that retweet and the page is close to a million followers. So it spread like wildfire. Um, and I think, yeah, in terms of Litecoin, it's, it has really struggled. It was, like I say, you, previously used to be the third biggest um, crypto asset. Now it's the 15th. So, and year to date, it's gained about 44%, which comparing to the, the broader crypto market is relatively poor. So um, it's, it, it's like the arsenal of the crypto world. It was third for a while, and now it's just <laughs> down the bottom end of the table. Unfortunately, Sam, absolutely. 15th. <laughs> that, that could be your position this year as well. We'll come back to that yeah. in the season. Um, but yeah, and then obviously the other side of that is is Cardano, um, the, uh, the lightning upgrade. Um, sorry, not the lightning upgrade, the Alonzo hard fork. Um, yeah, and in terms of Cardano, it's 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 had some really strong weeks of consecutive gains, and it pushed sort of the, the underlying um, token, which is ADA, to the largest, uh, to the third largest crypto asset by market cap. Um, but then it struggled this week, twelve percent off on on sort of the long-awaited launch of the smart contracts. Um, but as I say, the, the hard fork went went ahead without a hitch, and as I say, it marks you know, a significant technical upgrade. Um, it lays the foundations for, you know, a new era of, you know, DeFi smart contracts, NFTs and things like that on the blockchain. And I think, you know, it, it means that Cardano now has the ability to take some, you know, market share away from other networks such as, you know, Ethereum, um, you know, Solana, Polkadot and those other names. And, you know, it's it's a long time in the making. There's, there's clearly interest for ADA. Um, we spoke about it before, but it was the, the most held crypto asset on eToro in Q2 ahead of Bitcoin. Um, and obviously there's that push there towards DeFi, right? There's a big interest there. So smart contracts essentially put simply are the foundation, foundational mechanism underpinning DeFi. And, and I'll sort of give a brief understanding of what 
you know smart contracts are because we we talk about crypto a lot and you know it's still a rel- relatively new um asset class um and people are probably going well, what the hell is a smart contract so let's just say i want to send you some money sam right let's say it's no, next next Wednesday, just before we start the potty, um, but only if the temperature rises above forty degrees in Sydney um, and then ten degrees in London, you can write such rules into a smart contract, and then this can then be implemented across things like supply chains, um, and it can work from you know multiple businesses, right? And so that's the beauty of it. I could you know, have a business here in Sydney, I can send a payment, but it gets held until, you know, somebody in the UK delivers it as a receipt. So I think that's going to be really important in the future. And we've seen how important supply chains are, you know, particularly over the pandemic. Um, You know, that's just shown how important it really is. So on top of this, you know, there'll be a lot of advanced financial applications that can be built. Um, And I think, you know, in terms of really coming back to sort of that price action that we've seen from ADA, there's a level of profit profit taking there. Um, we're coming off, you know, all time highs um, of ADA at about three dollars nine cents, um, up you know twelve hundred percent this year. Um, I remember you know March twenty twenty or maybe May twenty twenty being a ten cents uh, you know coin. So it's come a long, really long way, and I think as I say that that profit taking element is is definitely there. Yeah, I, I don't think there'll be too many long term holders of of ada that are are panicking now like you said it just feels a bit of profit taking um obviously you've got a little bit of fundamentals there but give a give a nice dip for for this market it'll just accumulate new buyers is is my belief uh yeah yeah, perfect perfect thanks for the for the uh the definition there of the the smart contracts i'm sure our listeners will will find that very useful uh and guys thank you very much for making it to the end of the podcast you can learn more about the markets by heading to our etoro academy we will be back next week as usual so thanks very much for for joining josh no thanks a lot sam thanks for having me and see everyone next week take care guys have a good one You've been listening to Digest and Invest from eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.